Hi, and welcome to Women's Health Matters podcast. And on this podcast, I have amazing speakers telling me about what they do. So I'll just tell you a little bit about me uh, as well as what I do. So I'm a women's um, health coach. I'm an acupuncturist. I'm also a life coach. So I help women going through different cycles in their life, be it starting their period, through their periods, um, moving on to having babies, getting pregnant, having your baby, and then moving on to the next stage, which is medical. Well, perimenopause and menopause. And today on this podcast, I'm joined by Sandra. And I'm going to let Sandra introduce you. Now, I was practicing her surname, but I'm not even going to try now because that's my head. It just goes menopausal brain. Um, so anyway, welcome to the podcast, Sandra. And before we start, I always forget to say this, please subscribe to the channel. That would be great and share with anyone that's interested in this particular subject or, you know, that you think would be interested because it's really good and it helps other people as well. So welcome to the podcast, Sandra. So lovely to have you here. Let me, so uh, tell everyone uh, what you do and how you've come on this journey. Okay, so hi everybody. My name is Sandra Miskimmon and I am a married mum and I have three amazing children and I live out in the west of Northern Ireland. And I have a business called Smash Worldwide and SMASH stands for Sandra Miskimmon's Alternative Solutions for Health. And the reason that I do this is because 10 years ago, I was a totally different person. I lived in chronic pain every single day. I had very bad back pain. Hormonally, I was all over the place. I had allergies, I had asthma, uh, migraines on a regular basis, and anything that I tried just would not help me. Nothing helped me long-term until I started to really look at my food. And back in 2013, I came across homeopathy and eating a very natural, low sugar way of life. And it changed my life. I lost all the excess weight that I was carrying because I was classed as clinically obese. Um, and I am now able to do everything that I want to do and all my ailments have gone. So it has wow. been totally life-changing for me. So um, how, you know, it's a question that lots of people probably don't ask, um, and I'm going to ask it, okay, I hope you don't mind, but like yeah. how did you get to the point of being clinically obese? Yeah, and that's a really good question because it's something that I never, ever thought I would end up being. When I was at school, I was really fit and healthy. Um, I was involved in netball. I was involved in athletics. I had my, my daughter, no problem with that pregnancy. And then just before I got pregnant with my son, I pulled both my groin muscles. So that pregnancy meant that I was basically in bed from September and Henry was born at the end of March. And it resulted in terrible pelvis and back pain. And anything that I tried to do, I would try and do exercise because that was always my go-to thing. And um, it was like, I want to exercise um, and I would hurt myself. And I would go to the doctor and their response was unfortunately, just take painkillers and manage it. But I knew that wasn't, that wasn't my way of living. I don't like that thought process that I was just hiding the pain. Because to me, if the body is giving you pain, there's a reason for it. And what I know now is I was fueling my body with sugar and caffeine. I've always been a really, really busy person. And it was like, just give me sugar, give me coffee, and that will keep me going. So I wasn't fueling my body right. And that was what was driving the inflammation in my body. 
and it was just that vicious circle. So do you, so I come from a traditional Chinese background, you know, that's my, been doing it for the last 20 odd years. So do you think that by, well, I know this answer, but just from you, um, you know, the way we, we, there's a lot of talk about inflammation in the body and it's inflammation comes in so many different ways. It's not just about pain, it's inflammation in the gut or the liver or the kidneys, different areas. Um, oh my goodness, I've lost my train of thought now, but like, do you feel like, how did you discover this? That's one of my questions really. How did you discover that this through elimination yeah okay. um through elimination and when i started to cut out sugar and then recognizing how good my body was feeling but i tried to do it before and it never worked but what i had done differently was i actually recognized that i was lacking in vital nutrients in my body um, and that is one of the things that i now teach people when i analyze their food intake it's like look this is what you're not getting in your diet you need help either through food or really good quality supplements to get that into your diet so your body can function properly and that's something that I never ever did before do you think I cut everything out and never added anything in yeah that's a lot what a lot of people do actually and do you think that you pulled your groin muscles because of lack of nutrients in your diet I know how I did it and it was really funny um I went cycling and the pedals slipped and I, I did it and passed no remarks on it this being me I just went and got on with everything because that's the way I am mm-hmm. and then this pain started and it was just this chronic pain and the doctor tried to tell me I was constipated and I'm like this is not constipation this is something serious I know that there's something wrong with me and then I went to another doctor and they did blood tests and all the rest and he went I can't find what's wrong with you and then I said to him, listen, I feel as though my, my legs are being ripped apart. And he went, oh, that sounds as though you've pulled your groin muscles. And I'm like, how would I have done that? So whether there was a weakness in my body and just that movement then just caused that pain to be there, um, I don't know. But it was just a sort of series of unfortunate events, pulling my groin muscles, then falling pregnant, and then just the hormonal you know, imbalances in my body and everything just went... And I suffered really, really badly. You did suffer badly. Yeah. I would think, again, I think this is what I was going to say before, coming from Chinese medicine, you, when you do something quite severe like that, because that would have been, you know, probably for what you did, the result shouldn't have been quite so massive. Um, and, yeah, probably cr- the deficiency was starting and probably started back a long time before that you know the fact that you're going fueling yourself on coffee and sugar already had a baby what age was your little girl she was eight at that stage and then we had henry and then we waited another seven years until we had christian so exactly the same thing happened with with christian within a matter of weeks i knew that my pelvis was starting to go again and i was like oh no so but nobody you, ever picked up on it. What did you do when, Chris, when you were pregnant with Christian? I was basically in bed most of the time because my legs and my back were so bad. It was terrible. That's tough now. That's very yeah. tough. Especially, yeah. you know, when you having gone through a, t- you know, a tough pregnancy before and then, yeah, very big decision to go and get pregnant again. Yeah. And, and we would have you- loved more. We would have loved more, but my legs wouldn't work for two days after we had Christian. 
And my husband went, we can't do this again. And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we can't because the risk was just too big. I know that that um want of having more kids come there's a hormone in our brain that's there and it's and it doesn't you know suddenly it'll disappear when you get a bit older but you know when we're in our 20s 30s it's yeah it's quite a strong desire you can't get rid of it it's it's a natural thing that happens (laughs) we want to do that and I would we would love to but it just wasn't meant to happen for us unfortunately but we have three beautiful children and I'm so lucky now that I am fit and able to do what I want to do with them because when they were younger I couldn't because I was in so much pain you know and even going out for a walk my back if I put my foot in wrong my back would go and that would result in me being in bed for a week so it was horrific but I just got on with life. I know that's what you do you just go oh okay I have a bit of a pain let's just keep going it's fine yeah I know rather than listening and going why is this pain here What's going on? What am I doing wrong? So how did you start the journey? Where, where did you begin on looking at food and sugar? Because sugar gets quite a bad rap, but I think um, it's the processed sugars. It's those types exactly. of sugars is the problem, as opposed to your fruits and raspberries, blueberries, strawberries, those types of sugars, natural sugars, I should say. So how did and, you start? And that was the thing. I originally started it just to go on yet another diet because I was so desperate to try and do something. I was coming up to my 40th birthday and it was like, I I can't be, you know, fat and frumpy at 40. So I thought, oh, here goes another thing. I'll try anything. But little did I know that it would change my life. And what I thought was just going to be another diet quite literally changed my life because instantly, well, not instantly, within a couple of weeks of cutting out that sugar and that that instant craving for for wanting to have energy via sugar, I was like, hold on a minute. And then the pains in my body started to to reduce. And over time, like the cravings went and I was eating so much good food. And it was just like, wow, this is how good I should feel. And then I started to research and go, why is this happening to me? I'm like one of those annoying two-year-olds that is just like, why is this happening? Why do I feel this way? And when I looked back on it, because then I started to look into the naturopathic way of things, of why has this happened to me? When I look back, as a child, I had terrible kidney problems. And I lived on antibiotics. And it was antibiotics after antibiotics. There wasn't asthma in the family. I was the one that was an asthmatic. Touch wood, since I have gone through this process of helping to heal myself with food and nutrition I haven't had an asthma attack I don't own an inhaler anymore Mm. and years ago doctors were like oh you need to be on a steroid I'm like no I don't my body doesn't need that so I have been able to quite literally reborn my like rebirth my body which is it is weird but it, it feels so good to have done that and it's through food and it was like right well if I'm not fueling my body through sugar where am I getting my energy from? And it was like the food, the proper food that I was eating and cutting out the caffeine because we live on caffeine. Like there's so many people get up and it's coffee, 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 but the body just cannot cope with that long-term. Mm-hmm. When you, um, how did you manage with the sugar cravings? Cause that would be a big thing. I can, I'm almost here. Everyone wanting to know that question. Cause that, yeah. you know, coming, like you have to literally detox off of sugar. You get terrible side effects from not having it. Yeah. It was the homeopathy that helped me 
because anytime I tried to cut out sugar before, I was just like this demon and it was just like, get me sugar. Um, even on our wedding day, I was like, I need sugar. And they were like, you can't have chocolate in your wedding dress. I was like, I need sugar. That is how bad I was. So for me to then be able to cut it out and just have this process of eating my breakfast, having a snack, eating my lunch, having a snack and having my dinner. And it just helped my body regulate itself. But without that continual, I need sugar to keep going. So then what I thought was, I don't want, I don't want women to do without the, you know, like a chocolate muffin with a cup of tea. We love to have that. So what I have done is I have started to create healthy recipes so that women can have a healthy chocolate muffin with their cup of tea, but it doesn't trigger that, that desire to have three chocolate muffins with their cup of tea because of the way that it's made. And I eliminated gluten as well and wheat out of my diet. Um, and it really, really did help me, really helped me. So how, and, and again, this is a question I can hear everyone trying to ask as well. You know, when you go out, if you go out for lunch or dinner, or if you, you know, invited around friends, how do you manage with, you know, not eating gluten, not eating wheat um, and sugar? Um, I just, I make, I live my life now 90, 10. And this is what I try to say to people. When you're trying to get your body to where it needs to be, yes, you have to eliminate it. I'm not, I'm not celiac. I would say there's a bit of a sensitivity to gluten. It just doesn't agree with my body. I just don't like the way my body feels when I eat it. Mm -hmm. So that's where I choose not to. But when we're going anywhere, I just eat real food. And it sounds really cliche, but it's like, if there's a meal, I don't have the, the pastas or the breads, I will just ask for a double portion of vegetables and I will ask for um, an extra large salad. And most places and people are happy to do that. And I do see people going, how, how does that fill you? You don't have potatoes. You don't have um, pasta or you don't have bread. I'm like, I, I don't need that to, to keep my body going. And that is where my body works really well. Now, as I say to everybody, everybody's different. I find that when I took those out of my diet, my body responded really well. Some people take them out. And then they reintroduce them and go, Sandra, my body copes really well with this. So, you know, it's all, we are all unique. And that's the one thing that I do say to people as well is there's no one diet. Just because one thing works for one person doesn't mean to say it's going to work for another. And you have to find out what is right for your body. We are all so unique. Our gut bacteria is unique. What we do, our lifestyle, our sleep, what we're exposed to, the toxins that we're exposed to. It's all a huge part of what we do. And therefore we need to address that and look at all those different pieces of the health jigsaw and then put them back together again. Yeah, and it does, it really does go back uh, to when you were little because um, antibiotics, you know, Western medicine is amazing and thank God it's there because it does some really, really good stuff. But yeah, antibiotics wipe out all your good microbiomes and they don't you know they don't tell you about probiotics to replace them or um different types of food to replace those microbiomes even just going out in the air helps to replace them so yeah they don't tell you that stuff um another fascinating thing that i i, I didn't realize as well that certain medications depending on what you're taking so it could be for blood pressure or cholesterol or even just the pill it does actually stop your body absorbing minerals and vitamins so it's really it's in a question i think 
you should ask your chemist more than your doctor because the pharmacists are the ones that are who know about drugs they've been studying it for five years plus and they I think they have to have like three degrees to become a pharmacist you know and, and this is and I've met pharmacists and I have a podcast with an amazing lady and you know the way a friend of mine who and I used to joke like you know just they just had you know pour in the tablets and count that that's 20 and here you go but that's not true <laughs> that's a whole they've studied years and years that know what drugs work together so when they get your prescription they can go yeah you can take that one with that one but actually not that one with that one and sometimes you know the gps are brilliant but they don't know about enough about medication so it's always i think it's something i recommend my patients is to go for a review with the pharmacist to make sure that yes you're taking this stuff and does it stop your absorption of certain vitamins and minerals in your body because they do which i didn't know until lately And it is fascinating. And there are so many people that are doing things that are depleting their vitamins and then they're not getting it from their food as well. Mm. So that's just like a massive melting pot for your body's not going to function properly. So when I analyze people and I can see that from their food, they're not getting enough omega-3 and they're complaining of joint pain. I'm like, right, let's let's increase your omega-3 intake. Well, I don't eat fish. Well, then you need to look at different ways of getting your omega-3. Yes, there's plant sources. And then if you're not prepared to eat any of that, we need to supplement. Um, you know, and different things, you know, you might have women as well, which is really, really concerning that aren't getting enough vitamin C. Like, and you would think that, you know, vitamin C is easy to get. And when I analyze their food, I'm like, wow. That's amazing. And the amount of sugar that people are getting in their diet that they don't even realize. It's scary. It's scary, you know, and that's one of the things I'm like, listen, when somebody comes to me as well, I'm like, please do not change anything that you currently do because I need to see you where you're at. So put your food into my app and be 100% honest. There's never, ever any judgment. I've been there. You know, I've been there, done that. I know what it's like to be addicted to sugar to be addicted to coffee, to have that, to to keep your body going on a daily basis. I know what that feels like, but I need to see where you're at, you know, and then it's like, okay, right, well, this is where you're lacking. Let's work on how to get that into your diet. And then let's work on all the other things to get your body to where it needs to be. And it's fascinating seeing a woman come to me going, I'm in agony, I'm gray, I'm craving, I don't know what to do. My hormones are all over the place to then have them go on this journey. And they're like, Sandra, what have you done to me? And I'm like, we've got you food and nutrition into your body. And that is like, it's just the best feeling in the world because I know how hard life can be when you're not 100%, not even 50%. That's the thing. And every woman deserves to feel amazing, to jump out of bed in the morning, to go, come on, this is it, rather than drag themselves out of bed, going, oh no, here we go again. That's true, actually. How many of us, well, from again, from clients that I see and probably you see that, um, and it's a question I would always ask, like, what's your energy on a scale of one to 10? And they would be like, mm, maybe two, three, four. And it's really, you know, I, I if someone actually says nine or 10, I'm like, really? You've got that much energy? I don't believe, you know, because it's it's really rare. But it should Very be a question that you really should ask yourself because you're right, you should jump out of bed 
feeling energized after a night's sleep, wake up, you know, feeling hungry, ready for food. You should, those things should be normal, normally happening and not reaching for that cup of coffee straight away. Now coffee's fine, I think. Um, during the during the morning about an hour after you've woken up so it gives your hormones adrenal and cortisol to kick in so those things are like immensely important yeah and it's amazing how many of us well um you know don't feel good in the morning when you get up dragging yourself out of bed you know no energy coffee to get you going a sugar you know quick bar or something yeah it's true isn't and, it? and that is and that has become the norm. And that's, it's like, we have, women have accepted that that is the norm. And it's okay to feel exhausted because you're a woman and you are a mum. Yeah. And it's like, we don't have to feel like that. No. And people go, but somebody, you're different. I'm like, I'm no different to any other woman. I just, I've been there. I know what it feels like, but I also know how amazing you can feel. And that's the difference. That is the difference. So you, when you had your second child, obviously that was a very difficult pregnancy and that's when you gained the weight, I presume when you were lying, not able to move and stuff. And then within, between the seven years, um, was it a choice decision not to have children so close together or was it to do with, it was a choice decision. So then what did you do between your that your your second child on your third child did you lose the weight and how is this when you started your journey no it was um I was your traditional yo-yo dieter I was you know join a slimming group try do something myself um at my lowest I actually bought something off the internet because I was that desperate to lose weight um, and that was, Henry was born and then there's the seven year gap. And then it was after Christian was born. That was whenever I got to my worst. Um, and I remember going to a PT, I joined another boot camp. And for me, I never went massive. So whenever people would see me, they would go, but you were never obese, like massive obese, but I was solid fat, whatever way my body stored fat. I was just solid fat. I had cellulite to my knees. I was not healthy. I was a toxic mess. And I remember him saying to me, he went, you don't look it, he said, but you're clinically obese. And when he said those words, it was like, pardon? Oh, yeah. Because I, I didn't, yeah, it was like, I never ever dreamt that that would be me. And it, it was that, oh my word, I'm clinically obese. But still, I tried to do other stuff and nothing worked because so many people, whenever you talk, whenever women start talking about losing weight, it's like cut back on your calories and do more exercise, cut back on your calories and do more exercise. And I'm like, it doesn't work. It really doesn't work because we do it time and time again. And then the body gets exhausted because if you tell somebody to cut back on the calories, they don't change their food. They just cut back on the amount of food that they're eating. So they're still eating the same kinds of things, but they're not getting nutrition that their body needs. Then six weeks down the line, they're exhausted. They're dragging themselves out of bed and going, I can't do it. And then the body goes, hallelujah, she's stopped again. <laughs> you know, and it's just that cycle. And that was me. So every time I did that, I think my body just went, let's, let's store a little bit more just in case she does something really stupid again. And it was that vicious circle 
Whereas when I started to really nourish my body, my body was going, hallelujah, let's get rid of this stuff that she doesn't need. And it just, it just disappeared. And I didn't do exercise. And that was one of the things that I was adamant when I, nine years ago, I was like, I'm not doing exercise because every other time I tried to change what I would eat, I would add in loads of exercise to try and do it. Even though I was in pain, it was like, I'll, I'll do the exercise. And then I would stop because either my back would get so bad, I would just be exhausted. So I was determined not to do exercise whilst losing weight nine years ago. So I just flooded my body with nutrition and didn't increase my exercise. And it happened. Amazing. So I would say um, everything's probably improved in your life, like relationship, you know, energy for your children, for work, for your friends, you know, everything. Because it does, when you don't have energy, like you just don't have enough time to spend with your husband or your partner or, you know, even your kids, you're snappy at your children. You don't mean to be, but you just are, you, you, you know, you feel, get mom guilt then, but you just, yeah, everything, you know, all of those things happen. Wow. Yeah. It, it's fascinating. You know, I remember one day um, myself and my daughter, we were doing something and there was something upstairs and um, Claude was like, oh, we need. And I went, oh, I'll go and get it. And I ran up the stairs and ran back down again and I sat down and she went, mum, you haven't done that in so long. And I went, what? She went, you've never, you know, for you to run up the stairs rather than to take it slowly up the stairs. Normally I would have went, Cody, can you nip upstairs and get that? And I didn't realize that that was such a huge thing for her, for her to comment on that. I was like, wow. And it just became a way of life. It was like, oh, mom can't do that. You know, we'll not go for a walk. My husband and the kids would go out for a walk, but I would stay at home because I would be in pain or just go, I don't have the energy. And that's, that's hard. So I know I missed out on quite a lot with my children. But now I'm the mad one that will go out and play football and get on the trampoline and do all that sort of stuff. You know, so I've, I've gained it back. I've gained it back. Which is tremendous. And what would you say to any women who know this, but are, you know, you can feel the block in yourself that you don't want to admit or the shame or the fear that goes along with the fact that you've piled on weight or you don't have the energy or you know, your moods aren't how, you, you know, that you don't feel like you used to feel in that yeah. courage to take that first step to seek for help. How would you encourage them? To the first thing I would say, <clears throat> excuse me, the first thing that I would say is get rid of the guilt. Um, don't feel guilty about where you are. It has happened and focus on the rest of your life. Um, if you're sitting going, I don't know what to do, reach out to somebody in confidence and say, listen, I need help. Because when you need help and you can speak to somebody that will be able to help them, it's, it's amazing. And there's never, like people that work with food and helping women, there's never ever any judgment on it. It's like, we know what it's like. A lot of our issues with food come from the food industry. You know, foods are made so that we want to keep eating them. And it's like they have spent millions of pounds making this bliss point. <laughs> You're nodding, yeah. Making this bliss point there so that we cannot stop. But know that you can find your way around it. 
And it's not going to happen overnight. You know, you are going to have to work at it. But when you fall in love with the food that you're eating, when you are waking in the morning, having all that energy, when you have a twinkle in your eye and your skin is glowing and you're going, oh, my word, this feels amazing. That is possible because I didn't think it was possible. I thought I was going to be the person that would grow old and just be like, this is the way life is. But it doesn't have to be that way but find something that will work with you. It's not a one diet fits all. Figure out what your body needs, exactly what your body needs, and then work with that. You know, as I say to people, I, there's nothing I love more than a cup of tea and a little treat. We're, we're from Ireland, it's, it's there, like well, that's the way that we're brought up. You know, because people have said to me, like, and I was renowned for my cookie jar. I had this cookie jar that was always filled so when people eat the smash way, it's not that you're denying yourself. I have created all these gorgeous recipes and people are like, this doesn't feel like diet food. And I'm like, no, diet food's boring. You don't want to eat that. This is really highly nutritious food that has ingredients in it, natural ingredients that will help your gut microbiome, that will help your joints, that will help your hormones. So I've made all this food so that you don't feel as though you're missing out, but it's really, really good for your body as well. And kids love eating the smash way because I'm a great believer in, there is no point of the mummy of the house having to cook a meal for the mum, then for the children, and then for her husband. Mm. Everybody eats the smash way. And that's what people love. It's like, you've got curries, you've got chilies, you've got chicken dishes, you've got really healthy beef burgers. That whenever I was creating that recipe, my son was like, mommy, this is the best beef burger I've ever eaten. And I'm like, dang, that's that's craze because my children will tell me. It's like, no, mom, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Their biggest question. Yeah, they will be very honest. So that's the thing. You know, when you eat healthy, it's not about deprivation. It's not about starvation. You know, and people look at my, the plates of food that I eat and they're like, you gonna eat all that? And I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> because it's so good. It is so good. And that's, and I think that's what we need to get across to women. Stop starving yourself. Look at the nutrients rather than the calories. Yeah, I completely agree with that one because I know myself, if I was told I could only eat like this little amount, I'd be like, forget that. It wouldn't just, yeah. wouldn't, yeah. I just, yeah. you know, I'm too hungry. <laughs> I'm too hungry yeah, yeah. to not be eating a good dinner. Yeah. And that's the thing. And if we're hungry, it's about recognizing true hunger and knowing that your body is hungry rather than craving. And it's working through that process as well. Because when you nourish your body, that disappears. And how do you like, recognize that? How do you recognize hunger over craving? The, the key is that the stomach is giving you the signals. So cravings tend to come from the brain, whereas hunger tends to come from the stomach. And it's whether or not you're doing it out of habit as well. It's like, oh, it's two o'clock now, I need to have. Or are you eating emotionally or stress eating? And it's then working back, going, why? And I say to people, be that annoying two-year-old. Ask yourself, why do I want to eat this? Am I hungry? Am I stressed? And then I give people um, tools to actually take themselves through that as well. Um, and then recognise it. And also, most women are thirsty rather than hungry. You know, we don't drink enough water as well. 
Yeah, dehydration is huge, actually. Yeah, yeah really, really, really is. Um, so again, I wouldn't be the best cook in the world. So um, I, you know, and making food, and I, and I think I, I'm very guilty of this is not allowing the time to make your food, you know, not not um, incorporating that into your day. And that's massive. How do you feel about that? Again, it's society. We are busy, busy people. And we've been told that we're busy. So it's OK to just throw something into the oven. And um, what I teach people is to take 10 minutes one day and plan, loosely plan what their their schedules are going to be like the next week when can they actually go right well so and so has this so we need to be have something quick and easy to make and get out and so what I teach is planning and prepping to an extent so that meals aren't uh, a huge chore most of my meals can be made in 20 minutes and what I do is like I will give people I teach very much from my experience as well because we're a really busy household <laughs> um, now and it's just like go, go, go. So say, for example, on a Sunday, I will cook two roast chickens and one will be for Sunday dinner and then the second chicken will be for uh, Monday's lunches and Monday's evening meals. Um, I could do a chicken fried rice with that and um, that is so good. You know, the boys will have their sandwiches, their lunches and um, I would have you know, chicken for my lunch as well. And it's just having that, okay, well, that means because Monday, my husband comes home and my husband and my youngest goes out to football. And then Henry comes home and he's out to football as well, straight after his work. And then I'm out to netball. So that evening is hectic, but we still always eat properly, if that makes sense. Yeah, because you've prepared it for Sunday night. Yeah. yeah, so it's about having that, um, and for women as well, I always say, especially cook once, eat twice, you know, so make a meal big enough so that you can have enough leftovers the next day for your lunch so that you're not stressing about what am I going to eat? And then just going, oh, I'll go and get a bagel and, and put something onto it because that spikes the blood sugars and all the rest. Absolutely. I, I, actually, you don't realise by spiking your blood blood sugars it creates uh, inflammation in your body yeah yeah, yeah. it creates it yeah. so yeah that's such a great idea what do you feel about preparing food in a slow cooker brilliant absolutely brilliant um if it if it makes life easier um and somebody can put the slow cooker on in the morning go to work and come back and it's there you know perfect and it means as well if you're using lovely herbs and spices in it you're getting more flavor to the food um, and then just have whatever else you want to go with it so yeah and herbs and spices medicinally as well you know people think that healthy food is bland you know add all that flavor in all those little things have so many health benefits for your body yeah. it's there for a reason you yeah. know and it's like <laughs> yeah yeah you know and in some ways I have a very natural approach to food it's like we have all this food it's really clever and we're not utilizing it for our body and, I know it's very true it's actually very true I know this is slightly different but um so I am massive into horses and all the hedgerows where animals, not just horses, but sheep, cattle, pigs, uh, all animals would have used the hedgerows for foraging for uh, different things that they need. Whereas now it's all 
shut up, but either the hedge has been taken down or it's been um, fenced so that they can't get near it. So it's just, in, you know, the same with us. We've kind of fenced ourselves off from yeah. those type of foods. We kind of go, oh, no, no, they're just for like people who, you know, I don't know, woo-woo type things. But yeah, it's true, isn't yeah. it? So we, yeah. we need to take that fence down and start trying those different flavours again. Yeah, and it's like here, um, we have elderberries where I live. So when the elderberries come out, I actually do go and forage them and I make elderberry syrup for the winter season, um, which is really, really good for your immune system. And people are like, oh, you really are weird. And I'm like, no, but that's, that's what we were given. You know, that is your natural protection that fruit is there for our bodies and it works. You know, we, anytime there's anybody that feels a little bit icky, I might get your syrup into you um, or get your tincture into you and it, it definitely does work. You know, and those, they all have those special properties and it's it's there for us to, to use when we know how to use it properly. Yeah, you forget that because, yeah, that's a good one. I never knew about the elder, uh, elderberry yeah. uh, syrup. Mm, something I must yeah. think of for the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so if anyone wants to get in contact with you, how can they do that? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Smash Worldwide on Facebook or on Instagram, or um, I have smashworldwide.com as well. There, there's an email me. You can email me at Sandra at Smash Worldwide, and I'll be happy to chat to anybody that has any questions. Cool. Oh, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing your story and how you've turned your life around. It's always really inspirational to hear that. Okay. Thanks for everyone for listening and look out for the next podcast. Okay. Take care. Thank you.